The following is a conversation between me and the great and powerful Jeremy Longpre. He's been in the fitness industry for seven years, and he's a personal trainer and nutrition coach. We talk about how to be successful in fitness, but also in business and, more generally, in life. I hope you enjoy as much as I did. Okay, Jeremy, for the people who don't know you, can you give yourself a little bit of a background, a little backstory here? Uh, so I started, so my big, well, I guess for me, it's if you people don't know who, what I do or who I am, I'm, I'm a fitness, um, trainer. I do nutrition coaching. I do a little bit of everything. Um, I started doing that about eight years ago. Um, it was really just a passion for me. I really just wanted to make a difference in the space. I really just wanted to make a, you know, a... Uh, I just wanted to make like a a influence because I had been influenced at an early age on what proper training was and how it could really impact me, but it also how it could impact others and not just your physical state, but your mental state as well. Yeah, one, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, it's just starting simple, why do you like exercise? I like to strength train personally. I'm like a big, like, that's like me. It's like strength training. I'm not opposed to like CrossFit. I'm not opposed to uh, cardio. I'm not opposed to these things. I just know that strength training for myself has like really been such a big key in my ability to become a better version of myself. Um, it also has built a lot of confidence for myself as well, which I think those actually trump what you look physically. They actually like help you build a better version of you because i have this one friend who got really into strength training and his main reason was the mental yeah it's huge man like mental is huge like it's a, at the end of the day it's like one of those things where you don't even like realize it until you're in it like it's just like you kind of just it's not even like you just wake up one day but it's like you only like wake up one day and you're like wow i'm like calmer i don't have as much anxiety I don't have as much depression. I'm like a happier, confident person. Well, there is, I remember there's the ancient Rogan knowledge where he was saying he would work out super hard in the morning and then the rest of his day was easy in comparison. It's like that outlet to get up frustration, you know, like channel the anger into a good, productive use of time. Yeah, and it kind of goes to it as well where at the end of the day, like doing something challenging in the morning sets you up for your day when other challenges come your way. So, you know, you could do something like working out. I know some people do like a cold plunge or they do a cold shower or, you know, they just do something that, you know, makes their beginning of their day something challenging. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't even have to be a workout, right? Like it could be something else, but a work, working out is one of those things that would create a challenge, right? So um, just finding something for yourself that will like suit you and actually like make you be able to show up in the in your day and get thrown any challenge and be able to just, you know, go through it without any, you know, stress. And it's so cool that uh, you're one of these guys who's part of the, the fitness revolution because like I was listening to Dr. Huberman, he was talking about how like 50 or so years ago, 
you'd see someone running down the block and it would be like weird. You're like, what is this person doing? It's like, go to work or something. <laughs> well, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, it's, if you really think of people that work out or do those things, they're actually usually called like they're abnormal. Like it's abnormal to be per se fit in this day and age. That's like you you are someone that's kind of abnormal because if you look at the whole world or we look at, you know, North America as a whole, usually it's obesity, right? We see a lot of, you know, obese individuals or things like that, which is that is what is normal. So being like what we consider a fitness freak is abnormal, but it's like because it's such a small portion of the whole big picture of it. So it's kind of interesting that you say that because I think what's going to start to happen is you're going to see more and more people take the time to really focus on their health and be a better individual in that regards just because it's going to be able to have a bigger impact on their life, which then inherently can impact others as well. Mm -hmm. And it just makes so much sense because, well, it's part of this return to tradition in the good sense. Um, kind of like how psychedelics are finally making it back into the mainstream where if you look at ancient societies, they've been using them for thousands of years. It's the same thing with exercise. It's like we were literally monkeys swinging from trees and now you think you can just sit at a desk all day and you'll just be fine. It's like, uh, I'll eat like shit, these processed foods, I don't really know what they're doing to them. There's no more nutrients left in the soil. So the vegetables, I saw something that said like, you need to eat seven oranges to get the nutrient value of like an orange from 1950. Yeah, that's actually, I, I've seen that study too. And it's it's just because how mass produced everything is, is they speed up the process. So if you actually let, like if you had a garden and you let a tomato grow or you let, let's say an orange or whatever it may be grow and actually take the time to actually grow instead of speeding it up with either hormones or speeding up with like other chemicals, you are going to get things that are way more nutrient dense doing it that way. Because you look back, like you said, 50 60 years ago, they didn't have that technology to mass produce at the rate that we're producing now. So it makes sense why things, you need to be eating more of those things to actually get the value of uh, the value of those vitamins and minerals. And I think that's why, you know, certain, and I'll touch about it about supplements, but that's why supplements, some supplements are so popular, like greens powders, because, you know, at the end of the day, the amount of nutrients that you can get into it is a really extracted, is extracted version. But it's just really, at the end of the day, the really the big thing is, is you need to do some research as well for yourself, like, and ask people around you. And, you know, everyone's going to be different in their ways and different in how they perceive things. So it's really important to know yourself, but also know what is going to be sustainable for yourself as well. And then uh, on the point of like speeding things up and it, sometimes having consequences like so you've you've personally trained or oversaw the training of many people by now and I'm wondering like what are the success cases where people are able to use things like supplements to speed the process up and then where do people try to cut corners and it bites them in the ass I think people try to rush it too quickly like they they start something and they 
want to get the fastest results they can, right? Where in the case that I try to help people, I try to start to build habits with them. So that can be either starting with, you know, adequate protein, adequate vegetables, adequate fruit, water, you know, starting with what we would call the basics um, and then building off from there. I like to use the example of in school um, when you were building a, um, like an essay, you would have a, the spider web. You'd start with that main subject, make a big circle around it, then pull out subsubjects from there. Think of your basic needs as that subject. You cannot write the whole story if you don't even have a subject. So you have to start with the subject before you can start the rest of the story. And that's the analogy I like to use because I think people will start with the subsubjects before they actually know their actual story first. They'll build like they'll go all these supplements, then they'll go this diet, they'll do this, they'll do they won't even have they don't even know what Bro, they're you're main- not even sleeping. Yeah, they do they yeah, they don't even know what their main like goal or main story or main subject is before they actually get started. So it's like I start with that. I'm like, okay, let's build this. And then let's start doing the other things after that once you have your foundation first. And then, so for the people who have the foundation, like me, you talked a little bit about like steroids or testosterone replacement. Um, could you just talk about like, because you've, you've said you've been in the, in the business for seven years. How has that evolved over time? And the acceptance evolved and the usage. And I think over the years, the acceptance of, I've talked actually about this on a podcast before about the acceptance of hormone replacement therapy and um, also to the fact of just doing things to maximize your natural levels. Um, in a perfect world, I would love someone to try to do it and figure out it naturally in the way of, you know, there's natural herbs. A lot of times, if you have someone who's sedentary, they don't get enough sleep. They also don't exercise. They also eat really shitty foods. You are going to get to a point where your natural, once you change all that, your natural production of testosterone, your hormone levels, everything's going to level out a little bit better. But there's some people that still do those things and they still need to top up. And that's where I think it's really valuable to seek information from a professional and be able to actually sit down with them and understand like, these are my levels. This is what I need. You know, it's not going into a blank turkey, like going into a blank, not knowing anything. And then, you know, just injecting what you think you need. It's actually like figuring out with a doctor or a naturopath or whoever you see, like, what is the dose I need? And then when I try that dose, does it make me actually feel better? Or does it make me feel worse? And then, you know, it's trial and error. It's just like anything. You have to find, you know, what's best for you first before just assuming that's what you need right away. Yeah, there was this uh, this really cool book by Tim Ferriss. Um, and he's like one of the original podcasters, uh, good friends with Joe. And he talked about how he would like keep a very detailed log of everything he was taking, everything he was doing, so that if he ever felt like shit, he could like go back through his logs and then look at like, okay, I felt good when I was doing this dosage of this. And you could 
kind of re- work backwards and then figure out what went wrong or maybe go back to a previous protocol. Um, but based on like successful people, um, I'm wondering like, do you notice any patterns with people who you meet and maybe you train with or just see, do you notice like if there's any pattern to like the top achievers are, are they weightlifting or are they kind of doing more cardio and weightlifting or any kind of pattern like that? Well, to begin with it, it really, to begin with, it really depends on, you know, where someone is starting. If they're a complete beginner, then usually what I'll do with someone is I'll start them out with full body workouts with weights. Um, Not that I don't think cardio is valuable, but the one thing with cardio is that most of the time it can be done anywhere, right? If you want to go for a run, if you want to go for a bike ride, you want to go to a swimming pool, you want to go for a walk, you don't usually need a gym or a facility to do those things. Some of the things you do. Where weightlifting takes a lot of technique, not that cardio doesn't, but for example, walking. I love walking for a lot of people. You can walk on an incline, you can walk up a hill, you can walk on a treadmill. Not that you don't really need per se proper form for walking. Yes, you obviously need to walk. There's form for walking, but it is not as important in my opinion than teaching someone how to lift a barbell over their head. That is going to be a little bit more dangerous than going for a walk down the street. Yeah. So a little is uh, putting it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, if, and it also really depends on where someone at with their budget as well. Like maybe someone only can afford to come once a week and see you. Right. So what would be the most important thing I do with them? Would it be going and sitting on a stationary bike with them for an hour? Or would it be doing a full body weightlifting workout with them in the hour? And that way, what they can do is they can start to learn and by like by themselves as well and doing something outside of the gym. So usually I'll start with that. Um, But most people, what I tend to see is if you can get three full body workouts a week, and what I'm talking to is general population. I'm not talking to athletes. I'm not talking to you know, someone who loves, like there's some people that are like fitness fanatics. They love to work out and work out only. You know, I'm talking to people that just want general health, that don't want to be like 8% body fat, that don't, you know, they just working out three, well, three times a week, full bodies, doing a little bit of cardio. If that's walking, that's running, doing something that you enjoy and making sure you hit enough protein, vegetables, fruits, water in a day, and overall eating a a balanced diet of probably about 80% of whole foods. If you can do that, you will be past most people in this world. You will be at the top 80% in the world because the amount of times I've met people and talked to people over the years and they don't do those things you would be surprised on how though just changing those habits can change someone's life. Yeah, I remember. Uh, do you know Dr. Jordan Peterson? Yeah, I've heard of Jordan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
he used to talk a lot about uh well he kind of got fired from having clinical patients but uh he was a like psychiatrist and he would see patients and he said most of the time when someone would come in depressed the only thing he would really need to say is like fix your sleep schedule yeah it's you know, huge. Like, eat breakfast you know like just like the simple basic things and it's like I also heard uh, Huberman say, like, you look at someone who commits suicide and you review their, like, their final two weeks of sleep and it's just like they weren't sleeping. And, um, yeah, even personally, like, um, you know, being in software, there's this glorious idea of pulling the all-nighter and then, uh, you know, frequently. And it's just like, uh, I remember this uh, this one all nighter, I just in the morning, I was just doing like silly stuff, and then I would like. Whereas, like when you're fully slept, you're like you're just you're just fine. Yeah, and well, it kind of goes back, like you know, if we and what is adequate sleep, right? Like that's the big question. Like you know, you see out there seven to nine hours of sleep, right? But like if you have nine hours of sleep and every hour you're waking up in the middle of the night yeah. and like is that really adequate sleep right yeah is it really nine hours yeah exactly right so it's you got to ask yourself like okay how do i set myself to be successful for sleep and you know what i'm i'm guilty of this is something that you know you know there's usually pillars in fitness and what i mean by that is like you know usually have your weightlifting which is pillar one or your exercise your nutrition is another pillar your sleep is another pillar your you know, stretching or yoga is another pillar. And, you know, let's say your cardio is another pillar, right? You maybe have like weights on this side, cardio on this pillar. It's like to do all five and all five perfectly all the time is not easy, especially if you work like if you have a nine to five job, and I'm not saying this as an excuse, but you have a nine to five job, you have a family, you have kids, you have like the time to do all these things and trying to perfect them is very hard. But it doesn't mean you can't still do a little bit of everything and, you know, try at least try to improve your sleep. If you have a hard time, you know, sleeping and you are on your cell phone like 30 minutes before bed, well, maybe just turn your phone off 30 minutes and start there. Like start small, right? It doesn't have to be two hours before you go to bed put on some blue blocking glasses, turn off all the electronics, dim all the lights, make sure you have, take some magnesium or you have some tea or whatever you're, you're like, start small because at the end of the day, if I'm like, you have to do all these things, you're just going to be like, no, like I'm not changing this about myself. Like this is too, like, it's too quick for me, right? Like people get very overwhelmed when you try to switch their whole life. But if you can meet them where they're at and slowly add in little things here and there, it's going to feel like they're just doing it automatically. Like it's not even like a change in their lifestyle. They're just slowly adding things in. And over time, the compound effect of it is just like crazy. Like you just see people just like change into a new person. Like it's, it's really cool to see. Well, on that, uh, on that compound effect note, there's uh, that Atomic Habits book. And he talks about if you get 1% better each day, by the end of the year, you're 36 times better. Yeah, and it's like just the compound effects can just get out of control like that. Um, what do you think people are most unwilling to give up? Like, because I would think maybe it's like alcohol. 
maybe for some it's food you gotta think about okay so the reason alcohol is so popular is because what what event doesn't include food or alcohol yeah like you gotta think like drinking or sorry driving (laughs) drive yeah even driving people are eating yeah right so like what activities don't include food or alcohol like you think of like any sporting event it's always food or alcohol go to any restaurant you know you usually go meet friends whatever you go to a party you go have like social hour or you go have happy hour whatever it is or you go to a like a, a dinner or there's something there's always usually food and alcohol so it's like to take away alcohol doesn't mean that you can't still have a social life and i think that's where people get it wrong I'm at the point now where I don't usually drink. Like I haven't drank in about a year now. It's not because I'm a poser. I'm like, if I drink, I think you're like, you're a shitty person. No, it's, it's more the fact that that's just a choice for me. I personally don't like how it makes me feel the next day. I don't in personally enjoy, you know, spending $15 on one drink and it takes me 10 to actually feel anything. So at the end of the day, it's like that was something that I think is something hard to give up. But I also think, too, like we live in such a day and age where they are so smart on how they make processed foods. Like so smart, man. They like have people that are hired to like know the perfect crunch of a chip or the perfect color or the perfect flavor or the perfect packaging, you know, and they have people that are literally are hired to do that that is their job their their job is to make these foods as addicting as possible that is like literally what they are they're they're hired for right and i think people don't understand the impact that it has until they start to eliminate it and and i mean by eliminate i don't mean like you can never have a cookie ever in your life i just mean like is an oreo cookie having two of those every night worth it maybe for some people maybe they're like oreos are my favorite thing but i'm like i mean i'll i'll say this is like oreos are always going to be there unless for every reason there's an oreo shortage but i don't see that happening but like an oreo is one of those cookies that it's in a pre-packaged you can get it but is that bakery that is like 30 kilometers away that makes fresh baked cookies you know and you get it once a month is that worse than in my opinion yeah that cookie is probably way more worse than your two oreo cookies that you have every day that are easily accessible so it's like what i try to tell clients and what i try to educate is is it worth it like if it's totally worth it to you then i'm like okay cool like have those oreos if that was like 100 you enjoy those cool and but it's like most of the time if i'm gonna be real honest people are like it isn't i'm just eating it because either i'm bored or either it's an emotional state or just because it's there. They're like, ah, it's there. I'm, I, sh- I might as well eat it. But it's like, but then when you start to like try to t- talk them and un- talk with them and understand it, they're like, well, yeah, like I don't actually like want this. Like it wasn't really something I really wanted, but like that bakery that I never get to go to, like I love their cookies there and, and I, like whenever I get them, I just like, I really enjoy it. I'm like, cool. Like, that's awesome. That's something that I would then more recommend on doing and viewing than trying to be like, let's just eat every treat because it's there or I'm bored or it's caused from an emotion. And it's part of this 
desensitization, I don't know if I'm saying that right, to dopamine and long-term gratification. Um, I know I struggle with it. It's you, you, you bring in so many short-term gratification things into your life and then you're, you struggle to focus on the long-term because it's like, well, I can go to the kitchen, have a cookie right now. Was there? Whip up my phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drugs and alcohol come into that as well. And, um, and but back to the back to the thing. Do you ever have to try and get people to quit alcohol? Because I could imagine that a lot of people they end up trying to lose weight, and then it's like they have this one thing, and it's like beer or something. Well, you know, it kind of goes on to the. It's like, why do you want it? Like, what you gotta ask that? I always ask people like the why, like why. It's not. I'm not judging you, but like, why are you doing it? Are you hiding from something are you hiding from your true being like from your true self like you're scared to like face whatever fears that you have so you drink and you try to like eliminate that so then you go drink again like what is the real reason you're doing it or is it just because you love the feeling of getting drunk like usually there's a why like people that tend to drink every single day there's a reason why they do it right? It's usually either it's a habit or either it's because they're trying to hide from a fear or they're trying to hide from baggage or they're trying to hide from, ah, man, anything, right? And the one thing that I always try to ask people, and, and like I said, I never judge someone. If someone was like, yeah, the real reason I do it is because, you know, as a kid, I never felt like I fit in. So this is why I do it because I feel like it I'll fit in more if I'm like hanging out with people that are always drinking. It's just an example, right? Um, then I'll be like, okay, so like, have you thought of either talking to someone about it, that's counseling or that's therapy or, you know, have you like sat with it and actually like understood why you feel like that or like, or how to maybe do something different that doesn't include numbing yourself, right? And I think that's what people do a lot with processed foods is they try to numb themselves, right? Obviously, food like processed food won't make you feel drunk, <laughs> but it definitely in the moment though. I like, feel you really enjoy like yeah, talking, like, pushing your tongue into it. And yeah, shit. like it's it's like it, well, that's what I said. They make it addicting for a reason, right? So, you know, you got to ask yourself these questions, and and again, at the end of the day. There's nothing wrong with having some processed foods or having some alcohol, but you, what I really think people need to do is know the why first. Why do they want it all the time? You know, a lot of times too, it could be nutrient deficiencies, right? So it's like, if you're not getting enough nutrients, the likelihood of you wanting some birthday cake from five months ago that's in your freezer still is because you probably don't have enough nutrients day in and day out or your lack of sleep is affecting your choices and your energy levels are low and you know willpower is down because you didn't get a good night's sleep right so it's like there's things and that's what I was saying is like people are very interesting when when I add so I usually never take away from people's diet so if you were like hey man I want to lose some weight what do I eliminate first? 
I would be like, we're not eliminating anything. They're like, and people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're not having enough vegetables, so let's add vegetables into your diet. Well, I'm not, ha- you're not having enough fruit, so let's add some more fruit. You're not having enough protein, let's add some protein, right? What starts to happen is when they add those things, all the other stuff they were doing before starts to slowly eliminate by itself. So I didn't even say one, I didn't say one thing about eliminating, but they do it already because what's happening is you're either so full from these foods because they're so nutrient dense that you don't need the other things or you're just too satisfied to have other things, right? When you're really full, you know, maybe you can slip in a few cookies here and there, but it's really hard to have anything in general when you have enough nutrients. Uh, So that is like the biggest piece when it comes down to like the alcohol thing and the the, uh, nutrient or the processed foods is that, you know, ask yourself why, you know, you might not be able to fully understand it right away, but maybe like, like I said, seeking some guidance, seeking a coach, seeking a therapist, seeking who you ever you think will help you at the end of the day. Like, right. There's, there's different options for everyone. Okay. So <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you have people under you, you, uh, how would you describe it? Would do would you say you run a business? Would you say you are have a hand in operating a business? Yeah, I I do a little bit of everything, man. I'm like a jack of all trades. I uh, I run businesses. I run a business. I also manage businesses. I also, you know, help people run their business. Sometimes, like if they have any questions on billing or things like that, I also teach um i do personal training i do group fitness i do nutrition coaching um and i do a whole bunch of little things because my question is um (laughs) what would you if you have had any keys for business success okay or success in general or what it's like to have people under you and have a productive uh, employer-employee relationship? Um, I think the biggest thing, man, is like, don't be afraid to, well, first put yourself out there, like no matter what it is, right? Like, you know, I think we hear that a lot, but I don't think people actually understand it. Like, you know, it's easy for me to just put yourself out there. What does that actually mean? Well, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to message someone. And, you know, if they turn you down, they turn you down. Like that's that whole point of it. It's not like I've, I haven't, you know, had every client that has come to me. I've pitched things. They don't want to work with me. I'm not going to like, doesn't mean I'm going to give up. Right. But also too, like surrounding yourself with people that are going to, you know, help you. And, Again, that's really thrown out there, but I what I mean by that is like the people that are willing to give you the opportunities that no one ever did before, I think are the best people's the best people to have around, right? They don't have to be your best friend. They don't have to, you know, check in on you every day, but if they're willing to give you opportunities that no one ever gave you the chance to do, I would really stick with them and have them on your team. Um you know, my, I was very fortunate enough to, you know, have a mentor, um, 
who really made a big difference in my life and building where I'm at today. Um, and uh, I really appreciate him for for it. And I also know that, you know, when I started, I knew that he was more successful than I was in the aspect of not, it doesn't mean like successful, like everyone has a different, I guess, cope, uh, scope on success, right? So like my perception of success, I saw him, I saw where he was at and he taught me how to be able to be successful, but in my own way, right? So it wasn't, you know, I don't have to be successful and be like that person, like my mentor, but I can be successful as my own person. But knowing that around you, you have those people that will, you know, push you towards your own success and guide you when you have issues about something that has to do with either business or personal life or, you know, and not being scared, like I said, to just talk and ask and just be like, hey, I don't understand this. Can you help me? Right. Because the one thing that I think people tend to think that is if you ask me how to do something, I'm going to think you're dumb or I'm going to think. But <clears throat> personally, when somebody asks me how to do something, I like appreciate it. I'm like, damn, like you are asking me like you're thank you. Like that means you think that means you either trust me or believe in that I know how to do this better than you know how to do this. And it doesn't mean that I'm better than that person. It just means that I've experienced it. So somebody's reaching out to me to ask, right? And that in itself is so inspiring for myself because that just shows also too, like, holy shit, like I've gone through those steps what that person's going through and I know how to maybe either guide them or I know how to answer that question, or I know how to be able to help them in any way that they need. Um, doesn't mean I can give them the answer or, you know, their, how they handle it at the end of the day, they're going to handle it. But if I can at least, you know, give them some tips or something, then that goes a long way. So that per the persistence, the question asking, the mentors, finding people, mentor. yeah, people are strong, but you know, I think that's, the things that I'm saying are all thrown out by the people. They, they're, they're, everyone says, well, not everyone, but a lot of people say that that's how success is. So how I try to describe it is like, I try to actually explain like what I mean by it. Cause I don't think if I told you, like, just go surround yourself with people that are like better or that are higher up than you, like, what does that even actually mean? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, okay, let's, let's, okay, put yourself in, you're just starting out. Okay? Yeah. Where are you finding these people? Where are you going to look first? So this is, okay, so my, how it all worked out for me was kind of interesting. And this is where sometimes too, and this is kind of adding on to like success, but like, what kind of person are you? Are you someone who, you know, are going to build connections with people? Are you going to be nice to people? Because being nice and building connections with people, I think is the one of the most valuable things that you can do. Before even having any clients, you are just nice to people and that you build a connection with them. Because what's going to happen is that one person you build a connection is, is going to then help you get to that step. 
which then you build that connection with someone, which is helping you to get to that step, which is just inherently just like bing, 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 bing. And you're just going to climb the ladder because this person is going to be able to do this for you, which then that person, then they lead you to that person, which then leads you to that person. And then it just slowly keeps going up and up from there. And to be honest, when I, when I had done my personal training certificate, I had nowhere to work. Like I, I, I did it and a lady, and this is, this is the story that I like to tell the lady that one of the ladies that I was doing the training with me and her, uh, became really good friends throughout the training, right? We, you know, we would talk, we should come into class with, Hey, like, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. You know, we talk and stuff like that. And she, um, you know, guided me and she had, um, recommended me to the owner of the gym where I currently work at right now. And she was like, you'd be the perfect fit for this. I will set up the meeting. I will tell them to contact you, blah, blah, blah. And we'll get you two to meet. And I was like, okay, like, so I go there and I meet with the owner and we talk and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I've been looking for someone like you for a few years now. And I know you're going to be the one. And I was like, okay, like, and to this day, I still work there. And to this day, I manage the gyms that he has bought and we we are a team together. So, you know, and it was just from that one connection that then inherently made it to that connection that then made it to what the what I've been able to do to this day. So it, it for me, how I look is like I tell this story now, but like I know that moving forward, it's just going to keep growing the story. So at this point in my life, this is where I'm at, but it's going to be nice to be able to look back, you know, and f- or look back from five years and now and be like, whoa, like now look at wh- like what the connections have created and things like that. So, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I would recommend is building those connections and building, you know, just being a good person, man. Like, I, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to be like, you don't have to be someone's best friend or you don't have to like praise them. That's not what I'm saying. Just mean like be a genuine person, like just be a genuine person. Like, and that looks like that looks very different for most people, but most people understand what being genuine is, right? If you were to be like, be genuine, like, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you can lie to yourself or you can be, yeah. Just let it come through. Yeah. And, uh, and so you were saying like, it's just that that casual willingness to do nice things for people and not expect things to happen right away. Well, that too, man. But like, you know, I think, I think if you know, there comes to a point where, like, obviously, I think there's a time and a place to do things for people for free, right? Like, in the aspect of, I'll give you an example. Like, you know sometimes you have to provide value to people before they even know you're valuable, right? Like how does someone know you're valuable if you've never, like, how do you prove to someone you're valuable? Like usually what, what, what would you, what would you do to provide value to someone? You'd either, you know, show them how to do something or you would, you know, um, teach them something or you would encourage them however you provide value but sometimes it's like you have to prove yourself 
And sometimes proving yourself, you just have to do it for free sometimes, or you have to give free information, or you, you know, have to spend 10 minutes on the phone with someone to explain something to them so they understand, right? And I'm not saying every single person you have to give free things to, but I definitely think at the beginning of people starting a business is you have to build a name. And how do you do that? How do you build value if you've never done it before? Like I, like I said, I've been doing it for seven years now. So it's like, not that I still don't provide value, but I've also provided so much value and I still have so much more value to give, but it's like, at least now people know that I've been able to provide value. Like they know that because of, you know, you've built yourself up to that, right? You don't, you don't just like wake up and you're like, oh, everyone's going to trust me because I've like, you know, you have something that you've either done or you've shown or you've shown progress of other people and you know, like, hey, I can provide value. This is how I do it. This is cost of it. This is, you know, what I can do for you, right? So once you have that, then at the end of the day, it's not that you start to not provide as much free value anymore. It's just you don't have to do it as much anymore, right? You still can do it. I'd Like I said, I still, you know, help people, my buddies, whatever. Somebody has a conversation with me. They have a question. You know, I still give them the time of day. I don't just be like, ah, you like, you know, I'm, I'm like the man now. And, you know, I don't have to give you anything for free. No, it's just more of the fact that like, it doesn't come as much anymore because you don't have to per se prove yourself um, like you did when you began. It doesn't mean you still don't prove yourself. It's just when you're starting, it's like it's like you you got to know you know where you stand either with your skills, but also too with like building connections with people. Because if you have, let's say, if you provided value to ten people for free. Right. And they loved, loved your product. What do you think they're going to say to other people? Right. You know, and it doesn't mean that those other people are not going to pay. It just means that like that one person tells his 10 friends. And then now maybe out of two out of those 10 people, those people are like, oh, wow, like he was able to do that. Like maybe I should invest in it. Right. Word of mouth is huge, man. And that's what I mean by connections is like you can be the best at any field any field in the world but if you cannot relate and you cannot build connections with people it won't matter right like if people if people don't want to come see you they're not gonna like keep usually doing business with you not that i'm saying that always happens but a lot of times especially in my line of business you got to understand these people are seeing me more than they see their best friends or sometimes more than they see their family in a week so if they don't want to come see me on a weekly basis and pay to come train and things like that they're not going to come anymore right? Because it's it's not going to be relatable. They're not actually going to enjoy it, right? Because I see them more than I see my family sometimes, right? So it's one of those things where you as an individual have to really understand the the importance of connection and the value that building relationships can do before like being the best at your craft. And I think that's actually where I think a lot of people should start is being better, getting better at being more personal than rather than trying them, rather than trying to, you know, always be so good at their craft. I don't mean not being good at your craft, but just understand that your craft is always changing. You know, to understand all the information 
that is out there on a certain craft, it takes years to learn, right? So, so you expect to learn it in a year is also not realistic either, right? Not that saying it's impossible, but, you know, to understand everything about fitness and nutrition, I don't know everything. I have a, you know, knowledge in it and I've helped people, but I don't know everything, you know? So I always learn, I keep learning. I still make mistakes in it too, right? So it's it's one of those things where I just say like, it's so important to, you know, find that for yourself and know, you know, where you stand as a, as a human being. And then being able to always provide value and not always expect things back, kind of like um, how you did the last time you were over, you gave me a little bit of <laughs> free personal training. Uh, you uh, gave me this little smoothie reg- regimen that's uh, been working pretty good. So uh, Cool, man. Yeah, well, like I said, man, it's like, I don't, at the end of the day, it's, it's for me, it's like, because it's going to, it's not. And I think too, like, it's not that the information is not out there, right? It's just, I'm giving it to you and I'm like, straight up, like, just try this. Like, you know, and I, and I, that's what I mean by it is like, to this day, I still will help people. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, many different personalities and many different, you know, people. And you can usually tell when someone's genuine and they're not trying to take advantage of you. Usually has it happened? Yeah. You know, some people are really good at faking it, but most people you'll be able to genuinely tell if they're a genuine person and they're like not asking you because they're trying to take advantage, but more like they're just like, oh, like I'm just confused by this. Like, you know, right. And there draws a line. Like if somebody was like, you know, on the phone and they're like asking me everything over the phone, I would have to draw a line. But hey, you know what? I unfortunately like I can't. I do this for a living, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is my job. Like, you know, at the end, I still have to make money. I still have to pay my bills at the end of the day. Yeah. But I'm also willing to, like, you know, help as needed. Like, and that's why I'm, like, super understanding. If somebody's, like, to me, they were, like, hey, man, you know, I only have a $200 budget. Okay. Right. Like, okay, cool. Like, let's figure something out with that $200 budget. Right. It doesn't have to be. I, mean, I think that's the, the one thing with everything. It's, like, and I, you know, maybe this is me maybe being naive in the in in business but you know what i've learned especially is people are going to appreciate you more and they're probably going to be client with you longer if you try to work within you know what they can afford right some people can afford a thousand dollars a month for coaching right and that and that's like you know i understand like not everyone has that expense that they have some people can and some people are willing to pay that but some people aren't just but just knowing that okay what does your investment look like right is it you know less check-ins is it less workouts is it not as much you know is it not much accountability right but where does that stand and that's totally fine right because some people that's all they need right they don't need the a thousand dollars of coaching a month they need the just the kick in the ass to like keep going get that ball rolling right so so, um, uh, back to the, you made a point about, um, providing value for free, uh, social media is a big place where you kind of have to do that for a long time. So, um, so you've got 10,000 followers on, uh, up North Ath- athletics. 
what's that been like? You said it took you a couple of years to get to where you are now. And um, yeah, I would assume like most of that value has been provided for free because like, because yeah, there's no like, there's no, there's no thing coming from it. So um, yeah, just what are, you, what are your thoughts on social media in general? Is it worth playing that game or is it not even about that really? Because you do got to be in it for the free value providing for just so long. I think the thing with social media nowadays is like everyone wants to be a fitness influencer. Like I'll use my my scope for example. Like everyone wants to be one, right? You see like eighteen year olds to fifty year olds wanting to be an influencer, right? And it's like you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's getting very saturated. So it's like, well, if everyone wants to do it, like who do you listen to, right? So. I think the biggest thing for me is like I just try to stay in my own lane in the aspect of, you know, just trying to put things out that I like, but also to just, you know, to explain to people kind of, you know, this is where I'm at or this is the value that I'm providing. Um, And, you know, there's other people out there that people follow or they, they listen to and things like that, but also... It's one of those things where social media or any of those platforms can, you know, help you make money, right? And yes, it's kind of free, but I say kind of free because at the end of the day, you are influenced a lot by social media. So what's your time worth, but also what is worth, you know, sacrificing to go on an hour on social media and then you know, you might feel insecure after, or you might feel sad after, or you might feel like, what am I missing out on? So what is that worth to you at the end of the day? Right? So that's where I kind of draw the line. I really, because I've been on it for so long, I'm, I have a hard time stepping away from it. You know, I'm the classic, like sometimes like I'll check every social media platform in like five minutes, see all the notifications just because like, I'm so consumed and that's what I've been so consumed for for the last seven years is building it. And like now I'm really trying to take a step back, but I'm realizing how hard it is. Like how hard is it really to like do it all the time, day in and day out? Like it's it's a real mental, it's almost like harder mentally than anything. Like not that I'm saying content is easy to make, but we have so many tools nowadays that makes it easier to make content. But it's just the fact of like, you know, dealing with messages, dealing with posts, dealing with how many likes or comments, or is this post, you know, going to go viral? Is it not going to go viral? Is it? And it's just like, man, like sometimes it's not, it's to get, gets to a point where it's not even enjoyable anymore. And you ask yourself like, why am I doing this? But if you can find the balance between kind of worrying about your own stuff and just trying to become a person who can provide value and try to do it in a safe way, then I really think people will start to genuinely appreciate you and the people that you know that are doing it strictly you know, just for money. And I think that's where personal training really stands out. It's like, if you are strictly doing personal training for money, 
you won't be successful because you don't you won't enjoy the process that you won't enjoy talking to people you won't enjoy um you know you won't enjoy showing up put it in nine or ten hours straight of talking to people all day and then doing it the next day right like it, it takes more than what people think and i think a lot of times people see what the money is in it but they don't understand how much it actually takes to be someone who not only helps people physically but also is kind of like a counselor like my job is kind of like a counselor i can't say i'm a counselor because i'm not but man the amount of times people have opened up to me and told me their life stories is i can't even count man it's it's so many and i'm not judging any i never judge anyone when they're telling me these things but i don't think under understand like people understand that that's sometimes what it takes and you have to be genuinely interested in a person to actually want to sit there with them and have that conversation you can't really feign interest there because people will see through that 100 percent, right and it, and you don't you and it's kind of you take it as as much in as you can right like if somebody tells me their their stuff it's like yeah i care but also to to a point i have to like i can't care about everyone the same because at the end of the day i also have to take care of myself right so it's like if somebody's going through something i really try to guide them in how do they figure it out for themselves right i will be there to support them i will be there to you know if they need a question but i can't fix them either right that's even with anything right it's like somebody wants to want to do it at the end of the day right if that's physically mentally emotionally whatever it is right they want they have to want to do it so you know I'm a very understanding person, but I also know that I can't take all those things people are going through in a day and bring it with me home and like sleep and and sometimes I'll have that man like you know, and I to this day I'm like lying in bed, I'm like worrying about what this person told me, and I'm like, I wonder if they're okay like I'm like, dude, like what the heck like I go to bed right but it's 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 cause I care right it's cause I care at the end of the day it's cause I want. You know, I want to make sure those people are, you know, cared for because also too, man, I've had clients for five years, man. And I've been seeing them almost every week for five years. So I build a relationship with them. I always build a friendship with them, right? Like, you know, I know every, I know the about their husbands, their kids, their wives, their, their lifestyle, their this, what they do. Like, I know everything, man. Like, and it's really hard not to to like become kind of close with them when you know everything about them and they have that trust with you, right? So I I really try to set, you know, a ground run and people are respecting of it, right? But I also too like know that it's it just comes with the job, right? It just comes with it, right? And it's and I enjoy it. I like having those people that I see every week and I'm like, hey, what's up? Like you're you're a homie, right? Like you're a friend like you, you just go it's not like you're hanging out but it's like how was your weekend how's this person blah 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 right and it's just you just build and build and build a relationship more and more so do you have any uh like wild success stories that you could tell us like maybe someone who was really overweight 
and who, you know, at the start, you're like, I don't know if this guy's going to be able to do this, to be honest, but then he pulls um, through. There's not really, like, anyone that I ever doubt because at the end of the day, I know that, he, like I said, it has to come from the person. I'm there to help and guide you and keep you accountable and give you the tools that you need. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to the individual to want that, right? I can't I can't come to your house and force feed you chicken, broccoli, and rice if that's not what you want to eat, right? Like, if you would rather go eat 10 cheeseburgers at McDonald's, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to, you Slap know. Slap that out of your hand. Yeah, I'm not gonna, that's not, like, in, in any situation, I don't think anyone should, like, you know, like, I don't know if that's even a job, but it probably is nowadays. Just everything's a job. But, you know, even if you're paying someone a million dollars to do that, you still probably will not reach progress for the long term because you are paying someone to do the things that you should probably be wanting to do. Like you should, you know, want to eat a little bit more nutritious food. You should want to exercise more, right? And at the end of the day, you start to see those things slowly adjust. But I would say, yeah, like I've seen people lose like 80 pounds. I've seen I've seen someone lose 130 pounds, right? I've seen people change, like, like total 180, man. Like, just, like, change everything about themselves. Like, just completely. Like, they're like a new person, man. Like, new person. And you're just like, holy, like, this is crazy to see. Like, that would be someone who, like, didn't work out, didn't eat any whole foods, to, like, not going and stopping at work, after work to go grab chocolate bars, to like going home and having a healthier diet, to going to exercise on their own, to like actually showing up and wanting to be there and like like see you and it's like not it's like they're like they're like happy to come see you now, right? It's not a chore, right? So I've had a few people and like I said, I still have people that I've seen over five years. And it's a lot of times those a lot of times those things is because either they are so part of their that's their part of their routine man they come see jeremy right they can come see me on a weekly basis right and and it's i i love to have people for that long because i really build relationships and i really enjoy it but i also you know i also you know applaud for the people that don't need me anymore and I, what i mean by that is just they are able to do it for themselves right so you know, it's both, it goes both ways for me. Like I, I love both, right? It's like, you know, it's sad to see sometimes someone that you've been working with for a long time leave, but you also know that that's what you were meant to do, that that was your job was for, to help them be able to do it on their, their selves. And a lot of times, you know, once people get to that point, they might see me once a week just because they still want to come see me, right? Do they need to come see me? Probably not. But they want to support me. They also want to, you know, come see me. They want to like, you know, still learn. There's always something to learn, even if you're like okay to do it on yourself, right? So that's like that's how I see it, and that's where I really appreciate uh, the people and and see the changes that they've been able to make. But I can't really I can't really say one success story because there's like there's there's a lot, man. Like it and and every success story is different. It kind of goes the same. What I was saying is like success is so dependent on the individual. Maybe somebody only need to like lose five pounds and live a healthier life where somebody maybe needs to lose 80 pounds and like, you know, but both have, both see success, both see those situations as success.
as success. So, yeah. Did you ever maybe have a failure story then? Maybe someone who they just, yeah, they couldn't do it. Yeah, man. All the time. Gym, the gym ends. I was uh, actually, um, this is actually pretty interesting. I was uh, listening to a podcast of these guys that I like, and uh, they're saying for personal trainers, if you can get 30, I'm pretty sure they said, if you can get 30 to 40% people success, like if they can be successful in doing the things, you are an amazing personal trainer. So think of that. 60 to 70% of field will fail with you as a personal trainer. So like they'll go back to their old habits, they'll stop coming. Or, or, you know, maybe they just won't. It doesn't mean they'll go everything, like go back, but they just, they won't get to what per se they want or they won't learn, you know, what they, they thought they would learn. And they say as a personal trainer, if you can be 30 to 40% successful, you are one of the best personal trainers because most people are not going to change their habits man like right like you got to think changing habits comes from either like from yourself but also comes from your friends it also comes from your spouse it comes from your kids it comes from your childhood it comes from your relationship with your parents it comes from your days in high school it like it comes from everywhere man so it's like if you're not willing to let's say let's say your friends are really influencing your habits and you're not willing to not saying give up those friends, but not willing to either stand up or you're not willing to take a step back from that group of friends, then no matter what I say, man, and what it's like, I said, it has to come from the person. I can only be like, Hey, you know, why is this influencing you? I ask the why and, you know, and they, they usually people, you know, will start to like explain it or things like that. And I just say like, at the end of the day, uh, the failure rate, I, and I don't even like failure. Like, I don't think failure is the right word. I just think that people, they are not always um, going to succeed how they want to succeed, right? Like their their perception of what should have changed doesn't always change, and that's okay, right? Sometimes your change isn't what you actually thought it would be. Right. Like if you wanted to lose 20 pounds, but I told you, you lost, if you lost 10 pounds, you'd actually be very happy with how you look. Would you do it? Right. And I asked that question. Most people are like, yeah. And they're like, well, if I just look away, I'm like, okay. So you have to understand that things aren't always as they perceive. Right. You, the, the, your goals or how you approach it or something else might change that you didn't think would change and you actually like that better chain that that has changed to be better so for example a lot of people are like i want to lose weight i'm like okay let's do this but i want what i want you to first think of is i want you to let me know how you feel throughout this process that's what i want you to think about most right now how do you feel do you have energy better sleep better libido whatever right and they're like okay so we talk 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 months go by and they're like wow i feel amazing you know and they're like, I never thought this would change how I feel. And they're like, you know what? I don't even really want to lose that much anymore. Like, I feel so good. Like they've probably lost maybe like at this point, maybe five pounds, maybe 10, depending on the individual. Maybe they wanted to lose 50. They're like, you know what? Whoa, like I'm getting more muscle. I'm getting leaner. I feel amazing. Like, you know, maybe if I did lose 50 pounds, I'd actually feel shittier. Right. So 
it's all about perception at the end of the day. And a lot of it changes when people start to go on their journey. Speaking of perception, do you ever, have you yourself or do you ever have people struggle with like body dysmorphia where they're looking for aesthetics that are maybe forever out of reach or just just dealing with um, just not seeing the changes you wish to see? Because like the friend I referenced earlier, he would tell me about, um, he would see a lot of like men on Instagram looking jacked as fuck and he would look at himself and then you know that would kind of fuel his 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 workouts in a in a way and yeah what do you think about that there's a fine line with that because you do not know that's what i'm saying about instagram and this is where i'm saying about fitness influencers like you do not know what that person's mindset actually is right and and i've heard this a lot from other coaches and things and you know even myself I got to my leanest but my mindset was probably the worst right because I perceived myself to be this person that was like jacked and super lean and all this and like when I got there I was like oh I just I don't even feel good like you know I barely I lost my like you know those things and when you see those guys on the magazines or this like First, you don't know if it's any of it's been photoshopped. You don't know how much steroids they're taking. You don't know their mindset with nutrition. Maybe they have a horrible relationship with food and you don't know how shitty they feel. Like they actually say when bodybuilders get on stage, they're at their unhealthiest. So they are at their unhealthiest when they're on stage in in regards to everything, right? They're like when you're six per, 4% body fat trying to you know, perform on stage and things like that. Yeah, maybe the testosterone, maybe the things that they're taking will help them boost that. But like you have, like you're dropping water, you know, you're dropping like these things to make yourself look aesthetically pleasing. Usually they say they're at like, they're, they're unhealthiest is at that point. But when we see that, we think they're healthy, right? We think a shredded six pack abs is super healthy. I'm not saying that it isn't. Some people can do that year round. And I'm not saying that it's not achievable. So if that's like something that you want to do and that's what you want to achieve, I'm not going to say that you can't. But also, I really want to explain to people that, you know, health doesn't reflect always how lean you are, right? Obviously, if you, what we would consider obese or let's say you're 30 pounds overweight, yes, technically that can have an impact on your health, but you know, it ranges person to person, right? Like what they say, a healthy body fat range for males. And this is just speculation. Okay. This is just what they have said. And I always say it depends any, most they say 10 to 20% body fat for a male is, is relatively healthy, right? You have a relatively healthy body fat. Some people say any, anything above 15 is unhealthy. And I'm like, well, that depends on the individual. Females is 18 to 28% body fat. So there's a little bit higher. Um, again, you can have a female at 18% body fat be very healthy, but you can also have a female at 18% body fat and be very unhealthy. Vice versa, you can have a female at 28% body fat that is unhealthy, but you can also have a female at 28% body fat that is healthy, right? So the perception of body fat percentage, I think really gets 
skewed because we see these people online that are showing us how lean or shredded or jacked they are, but it doesn't tell you the whole story. It's just like if somebody goes on a trip and you have that fear of missing out kind of thing. You like, you're like, you don't know how much credit card debt they're in. If they had like used their last a thousand dollars to go on that trip, you don't know anything, right? Where like you might be like, oh, I just wish I had that much money for that car, or you you just wish I had this body, but you don't know what it comes with. You don't know the repercussions that it comes with or what they've gone through, right? So taking that in consideration and looking at body dysmorphia or things like that, it's it's super it's super important how you communicate it, right? Because I've dealt with people that have either had body dysmorphia or they've had binge eating or like they've binge ate or, you know, they've had intense uh, diets that they've done and you have to communicate very differently in those ways that you don't trigger those things for them, right? Um, And sometimes, honestly, man, I'm not the right fit to help that person, right? Sometimes it's, you know, and this is what I'm saying, a lot of times we have either, I'm not saying it's always the case, but like body dysmorphia or these, like what we consider like like being obese or, you know, um, having, you know, doing extreme diets or wanting to live a certain way. It's usually, and not always, but because of an insecurity or emotional trauma of some sort something happened that we did this because we either didn't think we were good enough or that we needed to be like this to achieve it so that other people would see us and in that instance a lot of times seeking someone like a professional when it comes to a therapist or a counselor or if that's a not a maybe not a seminar but like a, a center where that helps you with maybe that's the route you actually go first before trying to do anything extreme when it comes to diet or exercise um, because if you look at diet and exercise as a chore or as something that will really impact your well-being then and you you think of it as like you do it out of hate for yourself man that's like a that's a long road ahead of you if you're doing it out of hate man like it's a it's a hard one to to veer off of right so in those cases i would really again suggest and maybe go seek those the reasons why like really and i always say the reason why like dig deeper into why you do it because usually there is a why usually people are not just like i'm gonna binge eat just to binge eat because i love binge eating I've never heard anyone be like, I love binge eating. That's why I do it. Like they're all cheery. Like they do it because of something, right? They do it because of a, of a trauma or they do it because they're hiding from something or they find comfort in it. So, um, facing those things first are sometimes the better way to go. Do you think you're good at, uh, visually estimating body fat percentage? Oh man. Um Cause like how is it measured? How is body fat measured? Yeah, like there's different ways. Like, you know, I I'm curious to I'm curious to know mine. Ah, we have scales. Like we have like there's like in we have an in body scale at, at our gym and um you know, 
I would say if you a DEXA scan is your best bet. The DEXA scan is like it'll scan everything, man. Like it's like you're like in a, it's almost like a, not really an MRI machine, but you're in like a uh, almost kind of like a pod. Uh, DEXA. So go D E X A. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a it like. Oh shit! Bone density. Yeah, it, it goes everything right. So because your body fat percentage is. Um, obviously the percentage of your sum of your weight um, or sorry your body fat is divided by your sum of your weight right so your your lean tissue so like let's say you are let's say you have 50 pounds of fat and you weigh 200 pounds well 50 pounds of that fat divided by that 200 would give you your body fat percentage right but you can't just do that by like pinching yourself so yeah, I, I thought I was going to pull off my shirt have <laughs> a little sexy moment or something. You'd be able to be like 12. X-rated X podcast. Um, uh, yeah, I know. Like, usually I can kind of tell in someone's range what they're at. Like, you're sub 10. So you're below 10% body fat. I already can tell. Like, I would already like, know. Like, here, here. Like, <laughs> just like, it's like even like. Yeah, yeah. Because you can see your abs. You can see your your definition and your obliques there. So it's like you're sub 10, but I can also do that usually by someone's weight. Like I actually, the thing is, is most of my clientele is female, right? Just where I work, it's more clientele is female. Um, so I can usually range it. Like I can estimate pretty well where they're at just by seeing someone because I've done so many scans now. Um, for myself, I sit around 15 to maybe 17% body fat. I'm not like super, super lean in my midsection. I have very lean arms, very lean legs. Um, but I'm someone who carries a little bit more weight. Um, I also weigh 220 at 5'9". So, um, you know, could I get to sub 10? I've been there before. Do I like getting to that point? No. Um, what What's required for you to get to that point? Just like. I'm going to be very, very, like, strict, man. And, like, mm. like very on top of everything. Like, I got to make sure I'm making my workouts every week. Not that I'm not, like, making them now. It's just it comes with it comes with a, a price in a way. And that's what I'm saying is what are you willing to, to sacrifice, right? Like, sometimes, I'm be honest, man, I need an extra two hours of sleep. Just, like, it's... If, my, if I'm, like, at the gym, like, let's say I have three nine-hour days in a row right sometimes i just want to like stay and sleep and just like give my body a rest so it's like each week will differ i try i try to get you know two to i would say ah oh, no i would try to get three workouts in a week like three to four i try sometimes i only get two um but well and and also are are you kind of working out while you're training people a little bit I'm showing exercise. I'm not really working out. I get a lot of steps though, man. Like I'm on my feet all day, right? Like I don't have a sedentary job where I'm just like stand, where I'm just sitting all day, right? Like by the end of the days, I'm that. By the end of the days, I can do steps at my job. I can get eight thousand to ten thousand steps just from my job. That is not a planned walk. Like I'm not planning to go on a walk. That is what I'm getting in a day. So, in my day to day, I'm constantly moving. Um, so I'm not doing like a crazy amount of working out 
but also too, sometimes I'll, you know, five an hour, I'll like do a few bicep curls or chest press or squats or whatever, just to, you know, pass some time, it might take 30 minutes and go eat and, you know, then have my client. And then if I have another time a little bit later, I'll do the same thing. But I have really adapted over the years that, you know, if I'm going that low, I really have to really be careful what I eat rare currently now. Not that I can eat anything, but I can almost eat as much as I want to an extent. Like I'm not like, you know, I can, I probably maintain around 3,300 calories a day. So like anywhere from 33 to 3,500 calories a day. That's probably where I maintain for my maintenance calories. Um, Let's just, let me just look up a bit. Cause like, I'm trying to th- like get a reference for this. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I would say probably go to the, that up there. No, the three. Yeah. That'd be roughly, that's like 3000 yeah, calories. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, good food intake honestly well this photo also like like egg on toast yeah yeah like eggs like great it's just like and again that's just like an example but um yeah, this isn't even that much this is a pretty good one thanks the thanksgiving dinner one top top that one up. yeah if you if you click it it'll go to the yeah so what's your, you know, looks like, uh, in every day. Yeah, there you go. So 5.45 Big Macs, 14 slices of Domino pizza, 35 Applebee chicken wings, 15 Krispy Kreme donuts, 24 Reese's cups, and 30 slices of whole wheat bread would be 3,000 calories. I, well, I think they're saying like each of these would be... Th- yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Each of them, yeah, yeah. You're not, no, yeah. <laughs> not all of that put combined, yes. Separately, they are 3,000 calories. So, you know, that's how I kind of look at it. It's like, you know, if I go have chicken wings, for example, I can down 10 to 12 chicken wings, no, no problem, right? So right there, you know, I have the chicken wings. So it's like, I would say 35 Again, I don't ca- track my calories anymore. Yeah, well, that's the good. That's that's where you want to be. You want to get to that point, right? Yeah. I, dude, I. That's what I'm saying. My mindset when I was like doing it, man. When I was when I was into it, when I was getting lean, I would track every single day, man. I did not miss a day. There was at one point, man. I ate the same exact foods, like no joke. Every like every meal was the same meal, same meal for three months. I didn't veer off. For three months. Yeah. Damn. And what was it? Uh, I would do a shake in the morning. I can't remember exactly. I have a meal plan. It's like, it's somewhere probably in my emails. I don't have it right now, but it's like shake in the morning was protein, um, like a fiber supplement, oats, um, like a, a oil. It's called Udo soil. It's just like omega threes. Um, then I would do a meal, which was like ground beef with like pasta then i would do another meal of like chicken veggies and pasta then i would do like uh, another shake later on in the day and then i would do another meal like and it was the exact same routine man day in and day out for three months 
I did not veer off that three months and it was like probably the worst time of my life. I like, I like missed out on so much, man. I missed out on dinners out. I missed, cause I was just like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't go. Like if I go, I'm off. Like I, like it was just, it was too much, man. And, And that's what I say about, that's what I try people not to get to. I try, try to get people off that because if that's what they, I don't want people to feel like I felt right. And if that's kind of my job is to like really veer them off of that path, because that's not something I want for people. I want them to be able to enjoy themselves and enjoy, you know, food, but also understand the importance of why nutrition can really help you and why nutritious foods can do like be a value of you, but also why having foods like a piece of pizza here and there is it's okay too right like you don't have to eliminate completely like but also too that's why i i you know i i always and i tow with it i tow with being leaner i i do man it's like one of my biggest things man that like to this day and it's really really hard man it's really really hard for me to to uh accept it sometimes because i'm like i have to be like if only if i was like 10 percent body fat you know look sick I'm like, but what would I be sacrificing? Am I willing to sacrifice that, right? Am I willing to sacrifice a lot of these things for 10% body fat? I can put on muscle real quick though, right? Like that's my advantage. I can, you know, I can do two weeks of barbell squats two or three times a week. My legs will blow up like no tomorrow. That's just like my genetics. But when it comes to staying leaner, I do have a little bit harder time with that. That is something that my size I can put on really quick. That's something that I I'm I'm good with. And and to your point of like um like wishing for certain things when you were leaner, were you were you able to appreciate it? No. It was my worst mindset ever, man. I would be scared to There's one one story, man. My I was in college and I was playing high level baseball and our routine was three workouts a week practice from Tuesday to Friday the practices lasted two hours two two and a half hours I'd class every single day and then I would play four games on the weekend and I probably was eating like 1800 to 2000 calories at that point and like dude I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would be hungry like I would like wake up and be starving and I uh I remember I like went woke up it was like three o'clock in the morning I like went to the cupboard I like looked at the calories at the back of the bar and it said 100 and I freaked out like I, I was just freaking out like I was like can I eat 100 calories like I'm going off my plan like I was just like like it was crazy man and I like ate it and I felt so much better but I like mindfully I was like I can't do that like tomorrow I can't go off like I have to and uh we had a game and I had a full-on blown like panic attack like like I just I had and I quit baseball man like I just I put dug myself a hole so deep with being so lean and not being able to enjoy foods and like I just I had to get out of it so I slowly started eating foods again I did gain body fat pretty quick because I went from one extreme to the other um I don't really ever regret it but I also like look back I'm like ah you know it could have been different right 
Um, where now I've been this weight for relatively a few years now. So I've been maintaining, like been able to maintain this weight, not veer off. I also do like to intermittent fast a bit. Um, just because my gut, it, it helps me. I don't really intermittent fast to be honest. No, I wake up and I have liquid calorie stuff. So usually I'll have like bone broth or collagen or something with protein in it. Um, just because in the morning, that's what I like to start with. And also to come around lunchtime, like in my morning, I usually have sessions with people or I'm working out or something. It's just like, I'd rather just like go, go to work, not have to worry about something right away. Um, and then come lunchtime, I'll eat and I'll usually eat from like 12 to eight, roughly 1130, 11 to seven, whatever it is. I don't really have a strict eating window. I'm like intermittent fasting to me, man, it's just like, it's just, you're just prolonging an eating window. I think people take it way too seriously, to be honest. And they like live and breathe by it. Like it's their religion, which I'm like, okay, if you want to do that, Hey, be my guest, but that's just not me. I don't do like a 16, eight fasting. I don't really care about a, I think there's a 20 and a four and you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm like, I'm just doing this because it makes it easier for my lifestyle. Um, and I like to tend to eat later at night anyways, because sometimes I get home at seven o'clock, eight o'clock from training. Sometimes I'll work like on Wednesdays. I usually work from nine to eight on Wednesdays. So it's like, by the time I get home, man, I just want to chill. I want to have like a little snack. I don't want to have to worry about like, you know, I don't, I kind of do the opposite, right? In the morning, I'm really busy. So it's like, I don't, my mind's like just about training. And I find sometimes if I have too high carbs in the, in the morning, my, I like my cortisol drops really quick. I get like really relaxed and I'm not as sharp. Or if I just have protein in the, in the morning, that cortisol stays a little bit higher throughout the morning. So I still feel sharp. And then I have a little bit more, uh, I have more of like a higher protein, higher fat kind of meal with vegetables. I try to just like hit that throughout the day with a little bit lower carb and then come at, at come nighttime, I usually have a little bit more carbs just cause it just kind of brings your cortisol back down and you, you get a little bit better sleep. So, um, that's my routine, man. It might change in five years, who knows, but I'm enjoying it right now. So well, there's definitely something to be said about like finding the state where you're not having to worry so much. Like I remember my friend was doing a little bit of intermittent fasting and there was this one time where he was like, I think we were getting some stupid like Wendy's or something, but he was like, no, I can't eat. You know, it's like this, my window is passed. And I remember this one time, like, and not that drinking is, is great either. I don't drink, but, uh, he was like, no, I can't have a drink. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's carbohydrates in it. And it's just like, I was, I remember I like, I felt sad. Like I was like happy for him, but it's like, no, nah, man, you're like, you're, you're good enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't got to be going so crazy on it. Well, and, and you just miss out on things sometimes. Like if you, and I'm not saying that's bad, you know, if you're really like trying to be a better person in the aspect of like trying to change your health and, you know smooth you got to make some sacrifices but at the end of the day too man like it comes with a price and that's what i'm saying it comes with a price like what you want to achieve comes with a price what are you willing to sacrifice at the end of the day you know and you see these guys online they're like you have to work it's like david goggins man i don't hate the guy but like i'm gonna be honest man not most people are not gonna do that like most people and i'm not saying people are weak because they don't want to be like him i'm just saying that most- no we are 
Dude, have you seen him? You know what I mean? No like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he he loves to suffer, man. Like, he said that before. He loves to suffer, right? And some people just not, they just don't want to suffer as much. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean you you can't, like, like you said, I think it's really important to do hard things. But man, like, you know, I don't probably advise someone to go run a hundred kilometers, you know, and maybe you want to, like, if that's what you want to do, man, like, be my guest. I personally don't want to run hundred kilometers. I don't think that means that I'm lazy or that I like don't have a good work ethic. It's just like, that's not what I want to do, man. Like, and that's okay. Right. So yeah, I've seen people say like, like if you have to run a hundred miles to convince yourself that you're, you know, capable and can put yourself to task, it's like, I don't know if you're doing it right. Well, I don't, I, I think they're missing the picture. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's that, I don't think that doing that means you're a strong individual, right? Like, because you could do that, but also have a really shitty lifestyle, right? Like you could have a really like, you know, you have horrible relationship with your friends. You could have a horrible relationship with your partner. You can have a horrible relationship with your, your family, right? You can have you know, a horrible relationship with yourself. You like look at yourself and you're just beating yourself up for no reason, right? Like, the, like why are you doing it? So it, it really, at the end of the day, you really got to ask yourself like, first, what are you willing to sacrifice? But also too, like, what is, what's going to actually help you or what's going to harm you, right? If you do these things. Yeah, not to shit on David Goggins because yeah, he no, is no. the fucking champ. Like, of course. Like, actually, like, to be honest, I have listened to so much David Goggins, like, while working <laughs> out or, like, channeled Goggins being, like, like on a heavy set, just, like, on the blast pump, like, who's going to carry the fucking boats? <laughs> just the, the cathartic nature of just, like, yelling while working out, I found, like, and well, and the Goggins philosophy is actually like I'm a big fan of like just the idea of like putting yourself in the fire because like I think that is a lot of what people are avoiding with working out. It's like like they're at like uh, and what we're talking about is like it's not gonna be this like very rigorous scheduled keeping all the numbers, but there is a part of it where you're like you know what some of this I don't like some of this I'm going to put myself to the grind and that's just the way it is and I'm going to find peace with that well and I think that's kind of going back to what we were saying about doing something that's hard right like if your plan is to go for 100 miles you're not just going to go run 100 miles one day and be like like you're going to probably try to work your way up to it at least I would advise that I probably wouldn't just go, if you never run 100 miles and you just go want to go in 100 miles, I'd probably advise you to start working up to it. So that's kind of what it is too, right? It's like, what's your heart? Maybe his is like, he has to do these things and that's what he like. But at the end of the day, man, like you also have to look at backgrounds, right? He had a very mil- military background. They did things very differently than, you know, and I'm not saying that people are weak if, if you don't go run out miles right but it's just like what is your heart right and like that's where you can't compare yourself because what david goggins might think is hard 
the where the person the the mom or the dad that you know has three kids and they're like me going to work out right now and like finding time for that is hard right and you just got to kind of meet them you know meet people where they're at but a lot of people you got to see these people too man like not that i'm saying that it's an excuse but like you know even you got to look at like athletes or things like that a lot of them have a lot of money so they can buy you know they can pay someone to cook their meals they can pay these companies will pay to for their like their sleep stuff they'll pay like you know what like and that comes with a lot of it too so you got to kind of see like these guys that are doing all these things it costs a lot of money too to be able to you know have certain routes and certain things that are available to them so to compare yourself to them is also not going to help you either it actually might harm you in the long run which is the tricky part with social media it's like yeah. comparison zone yeah and then that's kind of you know where you have to draw the line and saying like what is what is worth yeah i was gonna say what's worth sacrificing man like what what are you willing to do right like I to, to what extent right so yeah like and how you know do you want to actually look like, like if you were to get to 10% body fat, would you, do you actually think you would enjoy it? Or you just want to look like, that? like that's the questions you have to ask yourself. Right. Yeah. It's that, that cycle of desire that the Buddhists talk about. It's the, the, the forever wanting to escape pain and go towards pleasure. And, uh, my, my brother likes to say it's never enough. No, no, it's well, and we always strive for more, right? Like, and that's the thing with money, even man. Like, when does it get enough? Like, when you have two million, when you have like a billionaires, like, when is enough, right? Like, at when you have a billion dollars, you you can have anything you want, literally anything you want, right? But it's like. Was again, what is where I'm not saying if you're a billionaire, that's a ton of or millionaire, whatever it's, but it's like, where do you draw the line? Like, when do you start actually like enjoying it? Like, when, when does the, when do you stop, you know, grinding to a point where you can enjoy things, right? And I've met people like that. They just make money, make money. That's all. They don't enjoy it. They don't enjoy the money they've made or they don't enjoy their life. And they're 60 years old. They don't have a good relationship with their kids. Their kids are in different countries or different provinces. They don't see anyone. They don't have any grandkids or they don't have a good relationship with their grandkids. Their kids are in different places. Like, you know, and it's, and it's, you, you hear it a lot, but like you hear a lot of like millionaires or even billionaires at their deathbed. They never wished they had more money or more things. They wish they had more time with their family or they had more time with their loved ones or they had more opportunities to you know be with um be with themselves and their and and explore the world kind of thing right so it's it's kind of like where do you draw that line like what what is enough so what what do you think the pattern is for with those people who aren't able to find that satisfaction do you think it's that they never were able to find a career that was actually satisfying in itself or do you think it's more of just greed i think a lot of, and this is kind of the example i'll give you an example of trump like donald trump okay 
the guy's a billion millionaire billion whatever you want to call him right millionaire billionaire so why does he run for presidency because he wants power because when you have everything when you have when you have millions and billions of dollars what what do you not have yeah you can have influence but being the president what is being the president that's very powerful right so it's like that's where you see a lot of millionaires and billionaires do things like randomly where they're like put themselves in a position of power because they already have everything there's nothing really else to achieve when you have every when you have a car when you have any car you want when you have any house you want probably get any girl or guy if you're rich what you know what i mean like you can pay your way through things what what else is there right and a lot of times purpose you need purpose but it's also power right it's like you want power you want to you know it, it getting money isn't isn't enjoyable anymore it's just like huh whatever another million dollars left you know but for the someone who only makes 100 100k a year let's say having an extra million dollars in their pocket is is huge makes a huge difference but for the guys who are making billions of dollars an extra million is just it's like an, another extra ten dollars or hundred dollars to people right so that's where that's where you kind of kind of ask the question of like why do these people do power like for power kind of thing right so and so it's it's part of the journey to be like well i want to get to this higher place but maybe i can appreciate like if it's one of your clients like you know what my kids are doing pretty well and my i'm doing pretty well with my job it's i've already got i've got this far it's not that there's this i'm not just looking at the delta between my desired end state and where i'm at now i'm looking at where where i've been and appreciating that yeah and it's yeah at the end of the day man it's like what what will you be happy with at the end of the day right like what will you truly be happy with maybe you thought you wanted to be this percentage of body fat let's just say but when you got there you actually were more miserable than you were when you started it's like why why do you think that like why did that lead you to be more miserable like what person influenced you to feel like you had to be like that or what person made you or or what belief did you have that you thought that that would make you a better person right so i think a lot of times bettering yourself it doesn't have to i think you know i think goals are awesome man don't get me wrong i think goals are awesome but i think goals always change like i think setting goals is is great like ha- like i want to make a million dollars okay let's just say that right but it's like at the end of the day too you know what does that even look like like what does a million dollars look like like how are you going to get there what's going to happen like you know will it take 10 years or will it take one year right and i just think if you can strive to towards anything i don't think having a timeline always helps but i also too think just knowing where you want to go and what you want to achieve is good but sometimes i just find you know like you've been have you been asked like what do you want to do in 5 years yeah like everyone asks you that I'm like, I don't know, man, like this, I don't know. Like, you know, like 
I have no clue. Like, I don't know where we're going to be in five years. Even if I g- could give you a guess, like, where I want to be in five years, right? Which I don't think is bad. I just think it's, like, I also think it's unrealistic because I could die tomorrow, which is, like, really dark to say. But, like, I could die tomorrow. And, like, why why was I worrying about five years from now kind of thing, right? I just, I just that's how I view it. I just think I tried to, you know, I, I obviously we think ahead in life. Don't get me wrong. I think ahead, but... You know, I I try not to stress. I try to, and it's hard, but I try not to stress about that. Like, am I going to have kids? Am I going to get married? Am I going to live in the same city? Am I, right? It's kind of like, if it happens at that time, it happens at that time, right? So it's the more I stress about it and the more I try to, you know, <laughs> think that, I have my old my old life figured out already. Is man, I'd be lying to you. I have no clue, man. I could I could totally I could be a engineer in two years from now. I can even do. I maybe I'm not doing fitness. I'm not saying I'm going to be an engineer, but that could also happen too, right? Like anything can happen. So, yeah. Well, and someone like yourself with the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, you know, tend to be more creative. You're you tend to spread yourself out, so you're less like less determined in your path. Whereas someone who is less creative they they find what they like and they generally they stick to it well most people like you know some people have desk jobs for 30 years man they literally have worked at the same job for 30 years not that i'm saying that's bad i just it's like why like you know somebody can love it and i'm not getting around but is it like do you have a passion for something else have you just been doing this job because you know that's all you thought you could do right most people if you ask them like what they really want to do it's not what they're doing currently, you know, like for myself, like I love doing what I do, but like, I would love to travel the world, man. You know, if I could be retired right now, I'd love it, man. Like, you know, not in a, not in a negative way. I'm saying that, but it's like, you know, I would, I would also love to do those things. So it's like, for me, what I try to do is I try to spread that out. So it's like, how do I, how do I also travel? And yeah, maybe I'm not traveling year round right now, but it doesn't mean it's never impossible that I'll never get to that point. But I can start to like slowly put those things in to like, oh yeah, this is kind of feeling the lifestyle. Like, oh, like traveling, this is what it feels like. Or like, this is where where I want to go or things like that, right? So it's uh, it's very interesting, man. It's a very interesting world. And we also live in a world now that like jobs are not what we really thought jobs would ever be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like podcasting, for example. Like, if you look back 40 years ago, who would have thought that this could have been a job? Like, maybe there's some people out there that maybe thought of it or way like thought, but like some people have this as a full time job. This is their full time job, right? Yeah, that would be that would be nice. Just right, yeah, but, yeah, right. And and that's the thing. It's like I don't I don't think it's bad to strive to that. But sometimes you just have to have a little bit of a different, like sometimes you just have to do other things to be able to do that. Like when I started fitness, man, I had four jobs. I worked four jobs, bro. I could, I didn't have enough people to train to make a living doing fitness. What were you doing? I worked at um I worked at this uh, movie theater, Cineplex, as a VIP, like a waiter or whatever. You know the VIP in Abbotsford. Yeah, and then. I worked at a corn maze, bro, as a security guard. And then I worked at a supplement store. And then I also worked at the gym. And then what happened is I like dropped 
the corn maze. So then I had three jobs. Then I dropped Cineplex. So then I dropped the movie theater. Then when I got busier and busier with fitness, I was able to drop the supplement store. So, but that took me like a year to two years to do that. Right. So like when I started, I was still like doing fitness, but I also had to balance three other jobs plus the fitness that I was doing. Or now my fitness is my full-time job. So it's like, that's what I try to say is like, you have to do other things sometimes to get to that point where you can do like, where you can do uh, the job that you perceive to have. So that's kind of what I'm saying about traveling. It's like, if I can start to adapt on ways to make money either while I'm traveling or find ways of uh, income while I am not physically there, then I can slowly start to travel more and not have to worry so much about money, right? But that doesn't just happen. Like I can't just be like one day, well, I guess I could, but I could be like, I quit everything and, you know, I'm just going to focus on doing this. Where in my opinion, if you can start to slowly avenue a little bit differently, you'll eventually get to a point where you can do that thing that you've wanted to do. Right. If you had any advice just generally for someone to, because it seems like you found something that you really connect with. You like exercise, you like talking to people. Um, if you had any advice for someone to find, what what is that for them? I think the one thing is we, you know, sometimes... <laughs> They're getting two ways to this. Sometimes you're going to have to do a job because you have to make money at the end of the day. And not everyone's going to go do a job that they're passionate about. That's just the world we live in, right? You know, not that I'm saying like people are doing jobs that are worthless. I'm just saying that people are going to do jobs that they don't have a passion for because they need to make income. Either because they don't believe that they can do something else or because they feel like this is the only option I have or they're scared to quit or they're scared to transition to something else because either they have a lot of responsibility or things like that. So in that case, I would really say that, you know, you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. If that's where you, you've put yourself, if you have kids or you have like things you have to pay for and that's the only route you can go, then, you know, at the end of the day, that's something that, you know, for that person, I would say. But if you're someone who's like, I hate my job and I, and you're still there and you're still like, you know, miserable and you're like, then it doesn't mean you have to quit the job and be like, oh, I'm out of here. Throw the papers up in the air. Don't like leave. It just means like slowly try to transition. That's kind of what I'm saying is like slowly start to transition to something that's like your hobby. So a lot of times people's hobbies turn into their careers. And you've seen it. Like, I know you like playing piano. I've just heard you play it like a few hours ago, right? Like, you know, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that either way. It's like, not that you're not going to ever play piano, make money or the other way around where you, you're going to have a, like not have a job doing it. It just means that like, you never know what your hobby can turn into. It could also turn into you. It could be like you making videos of you playing piano and making like funny things or you go in the middle of a crowd and you just start playing piano and people are all gathering up and they have song or I don't know man and you're filming yourself like that could be something you do and you put on YouTube and people love it right so it's just like 
but you never know what that could turn into. That could be like you start making money off YouTube, you start making money off whatever Instagram, people start like asking you to come play at their parties and you like come and play whatever songs they want or like whatever it may be, man, right? So that's what I always say is like, try to slowly do things. If you are someone who feels stuck, just try doing something you really love. If that's fishing, like if you like fishing, people make money off of fishing. People make money off pretty much anything nowadays, man. You can make money off of pretty much anything nowadays. I can't really think of anything that you can't, right? Like you can make money off podcasting. You can make off money off building this table. You can make money off of selling water. You can literally make money off of pretty much everything nowadays. So it's just like, at the end of the day, it's just, that's what I would advise. And that's what I would slowly start to get to a point where you just start, you know, trying new things with your passion. You don't have to spend 40 hours a week, but even if you spend an hour a day, it can start to slowly, like you said, do something every single day, compounds something bigger. I think that's a beautiful place to leave it. <laughs> okay, sounds good, man. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> no, I it's appreciate it, man. No, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Everyone check out him on uh, Up North Athletics on Instagram and anywhere else. Uh, www.upnorthathletics.com. Um, that's pretty much me. All my stuff is Up North Athletics. There's not really anyone that I've seen out there that has the same name. So you can pretty much find it all. I would say Instagram, website. I do have a few like podcasts I've done, but they're not like, I don't really do much YouTube. Um, again, that's something that, you know, different avenues at different times, uh, but I'll slowly start to uh, adjust and go from there. So, and all right. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this conversation with Jeremy Longpray. If you'd like to support this podcast, share it with a friend you think might find it interesting. And now let me leave you some words from the great, wise Naval. If you can't be happy with a coffee, you won't be happy with a yacht. Until next time, friends.